0: Welcome to Power Reflections, a proud member of the Doof Network, where we reflect on Wabo's most trim work as it releases. I'm Ruben Morehouse.
1: And I'm Elliot Debold.
0: And we're back to talk about cutting class. Uh, but before then, fan art contest! Yes. We are doing a fan art contest again. Yay, good times.
1: Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's that time. Uh, it's that
0: time of year, that special time, <laughs> Doof fan art contest time.
1: Uh, yeah, and so our theme for this one, uh, in keeping with the time, is the power of the holidays mm-hmm. um as, as with the last one uh you can submit basically anything to do with the wild bow work that isn't twig um yep no although, twig allowed get twig, out of here twig coming to the doof repertoire soon um but but for now uh yeah pretty much anything but and yeah uh the power of the holidays so interpret that using power humans or other verse as you will
0: mm-hmm yeah um you have about a month and a bit the submissions will close right after the new year on the 4th of jan so you have time to get your fan art done um or you know diorama which was my personal favorite last time (laughs) but yeah what any kind of fan art is fine um how can people submit elliot
1: uh so there will be a post uh linked in this episode uh which will you know have all the details on prize money and you know where to submit it and you know a repetition of and all that, that good stuff all yep. the details yeah
0: so check the link in the description for that but for now back to cutting class uh cutting class 6.6 to be specific which is in verona's head verona and the trio finish their meals in the rain having a bit of an awkward tense silence because of all the recent shenanigans with Shelley. Uh, they step inside as tensions continue to simmer and the kennetiers decide nah, let's just go do homework
1: yeah I, I i love this because you can really feel how tense everything is getting like as they step inside um maybe it's just me but like I'm, i remember as a school kid i fucking loved it when it rained because you got to go and like play inside and it was just different um whereas at this school of course uh at, well right now you know everyone having to go inside is just like compressing a kettle that's already at boiling point
0: yeah uh it's clear that tensions are running very high in the school, and we'll see the, the kettle has started to boil over. Kettles don't really boil over, but you know what I mean, um, in the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although we don't actually see what's happening, frustratingly.
1: <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I can't wait.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, Bo really just wanted to tease us <laughs> cruelly.
1: Well, because it's felt like this whole arc. It's felt like okay, fucking any second now. This this any shit's second now it's going to pop off. Yeah. And then it's sort of like, yep, it started, and you don't get to see it yet.
0: Yeah, the Kennedys are not participating in it, so you don't get to see it. Uh, no. which is great. That's cold um, rubber.
1: But to to talk about the meal that's out in the rain, like, as they sort of hurry to, to pack up as it starts raining, um, Avery offers Snowdrop some of her leftovers, and Snowdrop says mm-hmm. no. So I guess... Oh my god. RIP my killer theory about how the brownies were pumping snowdrop full of stuff for revenge or something.
0: The fact that that happens so early in this chapter, I, I for a second thought that Wabo was intentionally doing this to deconfirm your theory, but then I realised <laughs> that this chapter came out before we released our episode, so it's probably not right.
1: No, but he's he's um, like insightful enough that he knew idiots like me were going to start this theory, yeah. and he was already like, oh. <laughs> he, put the,
0: he put that in just to make you make a theory that he could then disprove, <laughs> yeah. Ah, that was pretty funny. I laughed
1: out loud when I read that. Although, if I might just pivot for a, for a second, um, mm. Verona's certainly eating a lot. Like, it, it, it you know, it's brought up in her, uh, her own head. Brownie
0: Revenge, <laughs> part two. <laughs>
1: no i I don't think this is because i i i definitely saw her lack of appetite as very tied into like her trauma around her dad and that sort of stuff Mm. so part of me is like it's really good that verona is eating again and and finding her appetite yeah um yeah but then also it's like magically in well not magically enhanced but like you know really really outrageously good brownie food so that Mm. Like, I think like the other side to that is is me. So like it's maybe a bit of a Daniel situation where it's like she's finally eating again, but if it's all this food and she's thought about it before, like how is she going to go back to eating frozen dinners with her dad? You know, mm. like she yeah she's found a love of food again and and that's good, but if it's from this unrealistically good food, that's gonna have a bit of a, a, a throwback effect when she has to go back to real life. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, I. I wonder, I wonder if there's anything more dark that's going on here that we'll find out about, um, as the chapters progress.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope there's something about this food because it makes me so hungry every time I read it. So I hate the food because it sounds so delicious and torments me every time I read a chapter. So I want it to be bad because that, you know, that that means that, you know, it's not for nothing. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Um...
0: I just Something else that made me laugh in this this bit of the chapter was uh, just reading this this interaction between Avery and Snowdrop, where Avery says, I don't have the appetite. Want to finish this leftover for? Yeah, Snowdrop said. Too bad, Avery said. And then she puts away <laughs> her bowl. And just reading this, I was like, wait, what? Oh, no, wait, Snowdrop said no. But I just thought it was funny. That if you don't have the context, Avery seems like really cruel to Snowdrop in the scene. Like, you want this? Yeah, yeah. Well, tough.
1: I, mean, I just thought that was funny i read it like once once i realized it was snowdrop like i read it as a bit of a oh too bad but yeah. i agree no, that yeah. like before <laughs> you process it's a snowdrop isn't <laughs> like you do kind of read it as too bad every <laughs> what are you doing yeah i thought that was very funny um any <laughs> any <anywho. Yep>. um <laughs> uh, so just the last thing before we sort of talk about you know the kennedys sort of being locked in their room doing homework um Wait, there's a moment where Duroche walks past, and she just has so much presence, and is keeping things calm. And I just can't wait to see her in action next chapter, hopefully. Yeah. When we find where out do what's... you think she's going to side with Alexander? Presumably, right? That that seems to be the impression we're, we're, we've been under that, like her and Ray are team Alexander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the other thing here is like you know, the, like the Kennedys sort of seal this tension, and they're like, "Hmm, let's just fuck off to our room." And obviously, that relates to where things end in at the end of the next chapter like we'll we'll talk about that um but it's it's interesting how wrong that feels to verona like verona takes some time to be like it feels like i'm going to bed at, at, at six o'clock because it's like you know mm. there's actually stuff she wants to do but she's having to be locked in her room whereas you know when she goes home she just fucking sits in her room because she doesn't want to go outside <laughs> um yeah uh, yeah i so i don't know like it, I want to read a bit into Verona on this and that like, you know, she doesn't want to close herself off and that's a good thing. But um, yeah, maybe we should talk about it when the three completely shut themselves off for the weekend. Cause, cause I felt that's a bigger version of this.
0: Yeah, true. You're right. I, I you hear it in this chapter, because we're in verona's head but we don't really notice lucy being like oh verona seems like she's unhappy being cooped up or anything maybe it is because they're doing a ritual and that's kind of verona's whole vibe
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's just interesting that like verona notices how tense things are but she still doesn't really want to lock herself up for the night um Mm. yeah like you know i think she wants to be out there and making friends and being human and that's good and it's a shame that this place just sucks so much ass that she can't do that yep
0: um so yeah uh the trio are hanging out and they discuss the idea of alcazaring into avery's photo yeah
1: i i don't know if we say this too much or not enough i feel like both are true but i just mm. love the vibe that this group of four have like you know they're here and they're talking about really serious stuff but it's intermingled with like you know fun friendly like fucking around like joking with each other you know there's this bit where they're all taking turns convincing snowdrop to bite each other and and you know that it turns on lucy in this really funny moment like i just love seeing them all be friends and just you know having that push through all the serious business as well even in these Mm. more casual settings
2: Mm.
0: yeah it's fun they just have a fun vibe right
1: yeah yeah like like Pleasant would almost be the the way I would describe this particular scene because it's just (laughs) even when they're discussing more serious stuff, it's just so nice.
0: Yeah, there's the obviously snowdrop running around biting them. Um, my favourite part was. Uh, Snowdrop is attacking Verona and Avery says well obviously I'm going to have Alpi as my familiar so Verona will have a domain Verona tries to protest but is dealing with Snowdrop so can't and then we get the line Verona unable to speak settled for a gesture using her free hand which I just think <laughs> is a great example of Walbo well, making a nice joke by leaving things unsaid works perfectly yeah
1: um, this book does so much of that um, that's great as well because you know she's giving Avery the old Snowdrop thumbs up um,
2: mhm exactly
1: i I also i I want to talk about the actual sort of conversation they start to have um here which is like well first off they they start trying to like look at alcazar in the books and lucy kind of goes off on this rant about how these books are so like obtuse um Mm. and they sort of notice that like what these books often do is bury the useful information in the back and it gets compared to recipes online and like because this is a pet hate of mine as well i fucking hate how when you get to an online recipe, you have to scroll through the person's life story to get to the list of ingredients. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> Which Has that comment been made in-universe? Was that... Yeah. That's just such a
0: great analogy.
1: Well, oh, it's interesting, though, because it's it serves a point in the practice. Like, the the three kind of agree that it's like you're making a choice by having to skip that info, so it's, it, it sits a bit more on your head if you, like, rush into things, like the familiar ritual. Mm-hmm. So, there's a bit Mm. of a like, you know, small statement being made by saying, hey, this is stuff you need to consider first before doing the ritual. I, yes,
0: yes, I agree. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't know. I still find it frustrating, I guess. I
1: I think there's another thing they sort of quickly touch on and don't bring up again, which is that like the really, really juicy info is left out of the books. Um, and they Mm. briefly, and I think we talked about that during one of the extra materials recently as well like how it seems like you know sometimes it feels like this is all just advertising rather than a textbook
2: Mm, mm,
0: yeah i mean it kind of is it's a bit of both right yeah no um can we call out i think calling out something that's work that i I enjoyed seeing which was um when verona says that turning into an other is not the primary plan anymore yeah I, i greatly enjoyed that thank god for that Oh uh, yeah, I mean, and it, we kind of knew that, but it's good to have it confirmed.
1: Yeah, I think so much of arc five really felt like it was tackling that idea for Verona. Um, yes, and, and so I think we we sort of ended that arc with the others confronting her, and this is sort of our delivery on that um, that idea. Especially because I think you know this is really shaping up to be an arc that's largely dealing with some of Lucy's arc, um, mm. and and so just like a little confirmation that Verona is in a much better place after you know being kind of a thematic focus of arc five um you know now we've got lucy kind of coming to the fore a bit in arc six and it's just like yeah so verona's doing a lot better now yeah
0: um yeah i guess it's nice that kind of you expect that the uh that's building up in last arc arc five stuff is building up to the confrontation around verona turning into another and it kind of was but it wasn't a confrontation right that was clearly not the right word for what we got it was more of a realignment and reassurance which is just such a nice way that this trio solves problems between mm. the three of them it's it's so nice i love it i love having a trio that are so aligned and kind to each other
1: <laughs> yeah well i mean it, it's like we sort of talked about in in arc 5 like they didn't defeat the the people bristow sent at them as much as just yeah convince them to be better people and like that's what i've loved is that usually their solution to conflict has amounted to just making the other person stop being a dick. Um,
0: Well, they did defeat Sharon. They, they aligned with Daniel and Clem, but Sharon was (laughs) fully defeated, which is great.
1: I mean, you know, they just gave her a minor concussion and did a bit of a kidnapping. It wasn't that bad. Mm. Um, Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, some people are too far gone. And I I feel like that's, what's going to be interesting about where this Bristow and Alexander stuff ends up for me is like Bristow, at least, He's, he's starting to feel to me like, I don't know if you can convince him to stop being a dick. Like he's too entrenched in this pattern of being an arsehole.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And we see a bit of that uh, in the next chapter with Lucy when she has an, uh, the the first proper interaction that people have had with Bristow face-to-face, I think. We had the Verona phone call, but this feels like an extension.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, it's sort of the the next phase of it. Um, so, yeah. so that's what's going to be interesting to me is like, you know, you... you it is better if you can go out into the world and convince people to change for the better. But you are going to mm. encounter people who are just not fixable. Sometimes, at least for you, and and it's like, well, mm. what do you do then? You know, mm. Mm. yeah. So, what do you think of their ideas to of how they can tie each other into all the rituals? Mm. Um, you know, like I think they they sort of talk about being ministers at the wedding for the familiar or trying to tie a familiar to all of them as a trio um the domain one seems a bit fuzzier they're like i don't know we'll give like special rent agreements or something um yeah i don't know
0: like for the it's the domain one as well that always stumps me right i don't see how they can have a domain that belongs to one of them and, and kind of infuse it i i had this thought maybe they could do like a domain that all three of them own together collectively like a clubhouse or like i mean we get a hint towards the tv the house that that matthew Edith might buy for them and maybe that's what that would be like a they each own a room and the rooms partially bleed into each other or something um i, I actually don't know what it could be other than that I, I just have no idea
1: yeah i'm trying to tie like domains to the idea of, of property ownership and I like i mean you can buy a property together but i yeah what does it look like? Like, yeah, like, are they roomies? And, and what does that mean? Like, do they have shared space, but each of their own corner? Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: I, I, again, yeah, the domain, I just feel like I can't reconcile how it's going to be all three of them together. I,
1: I suppose we'd need to know more about the specifics of the ritual. Like, that's what we didn't get in our textbook excerpts from the extra materials, right? Like, the, because, you know, like with the implement ritual, what we sort of learned here is it's like, oh, well, we can build the implement out of, Verona and Avery things to tie them into it. So it's kind of like, how do you incorporate the others in the domain ritual? Like, what do you do to build the domain? And then it's like, mm. okay, how can we incorporate the other two into that process? Mm. So, like with mm. the familiar one, you know, it's like if Avery is taking the familiar as the primary, and the other two are sort of the backups, um, is it like you know the others just chime in like they said as kind of ministers, like quickly just adding a few lines of their own. Um, yeah I don't know. I liked the idea mm. of just tying a familiar to the power bank the three of them share because yeah i I just like that conceptually as like issuing that kind of ownershipy vibe of the whole thing and sort of saying, here yeah, like you know we have this power well that is given to us by others, and we're going to let you in as an equal member uh
0: y- yeah uh, if it's a if they take a familiar that's from Kenneth as well, maybe that would be enough to like tie it to each of them to an extent I yeah. don't know
1: true true i mean because yeah like we'll talk about the concept of bringing in new members and not giving them full rights uh when we get to matthew and Edith's phone call later um but like that that it would feel a bit weird to me if if they weren't sort of offering someone the same kind of access to the power well as, as they have mm. depends on the person and the situation i guess yeah indeed ah <laughs> <sighs> Um, I also want to call out, there's a little weird bit where Verona just, just spends a while watching uh, Reed Musa's two familiars out in the rain, because mm. um, both of them have come up a number of times, and I'm yeah. just like, okay, we're, like, it feels like, you know, we're sort of warming up to bring them into the story, Uh so I guess keep an eye out for them.
0: I mean, yeah, it's weird. You're right. Like, it's weird that there's just this bit where Snowdrop sees them and Verona checks it out and we just basically see them standing in the rain, which is very weird. It's very strange. And it's hard to think this isn't something that will, like, keeping them in our mind for an important conflict that's coming up or something like that. Um,
1: Blackhorn was mentioned in last week's chapters as one of the uh, people who met up with Bristow. Um Mm. And they sort of figured out that the Musas are probably on Bristow's side because Musa was a founder who doesn't seem to be with the school anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. maybe, like, you know, obviously, because I, I think I said the same thing last week about the Henniger family, and then obviously one of uh, one of the Hennigers comes, you know, to the fore uh, this week. Mm. So mm. It, it's maybe just Walbo slowly introducing us to the players on Bristow's side because we're quite familiar with most of Alexander's.
0: Yeah. I suspect you're right that it'll be to do with Bristow. Um, I, I mean, I can't think what it would be other than just they're being put in our memory so that we'll remember them when they come into a conflict <laughs> in two chapters time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, armed with a set of questions about Al- Alcazaring and not really knowing who to turn to at the school, the Kennedys decide to call Matthew and Edith to answer some questions.
1: So I love how the first attempts at, at this call fail and they're like worried it's saboteurs and at this moment they are like oh, who's watching you know and mm-hmm. then verona kind of realizes that it's just because they've built a connection blocker around themselves so it's like matthew and edith can't really answer because the spirits are the ones blocking it because of their own thing um that definitely felt like a bit of a statement on unintended consequences of all of this sort of practitionery mm-hmm. stuff um Mm. maybe you could read into it as as a, a warning about Matthew and Edith because it's like oh we built this thing to stop enemies listening in oh, Matthew mm. and Edith I don't know about that uh, no, it, it's yeah. just like I lean more towards this idea of you know they've built this thing to keep their enemies from, from watching but by closing them themselves off from their enemies they've also closed themselves off from their allies mm. yeah I, I definitely see it as a bit of a like hey maybe you guys
0: are being your own worst enemies to an extent kind of vibe um i <laughs> i love the read that the practice knows they're secretly enemies and so is is uh you know impacting their communication but i don't think it's right
1: no i i guess to jump ahead in my n- notes as to my theories around what's going to happen in the three days they're stuck in this room um is this could be foreshadowing like maybe Kenneth is going to be involved in the three days that they are closed <sighs> off and they can't do anything because mm.
2: Mm.
1: can't like you know, Bristow isn't sworn to stay out of kennet for those three days, and now he knows the practitioners are gonna be in a room for three days.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Um, um Yeah. Also I love yeah. however how Edith is in a funk because it's raining. Like I know it's it's more than that, but it's just like the second Edith was on the other end of the phone and we found out it was raining over there too, I was like, Oh no, poor Edith, she must hate the rain.
0: <laughs> I mean, it yes, it's a bit more complex than that, but I did like that. I mean You know, this Edith being in a funk thing, again, I know she's pretty much suspect numero uno, but I really hope she's not responsible. I'm really starting to dig Edith a lot. Like, she's just so... Maybe this is the wrong word, but human?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing's going to be, if it is her, and it seems kind of likely that it is at this point, given the way the world has treated her and, like, her existence... I feel like it's going to be pretty easy to create a situation where I'm very sympathetic to her motives. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I need to go back and read what Miss was saying at the end of five dot about how this relates to setting precedent or whatever. But, um, mm. yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it's, if, to me, it's going to come down to the, the why, like what Edith's master plan is. And that's something I could see myself understanding, even if I don't agree with it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Right. Um, I'm sure we'll I'm sure it will be something empath like uh as a ball. Is that a word?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean it it is just so funny that it's like we have this incredibly positive interaction with Matthew and Edith right here. And then we just mm. get a reminder at the end of this chapter that um yeah, it was probably Edith though. It's yes. Just, it's yeah, just which is a roller coaster sad. of emotions.
0: <laughs> oh, I hope it's not, but it probably almost certainly was. <laughs> Um, so we, we find out about this, uh, about Tashlit, we have a name for her now, uh, Verona's BFF. And do you want to take us through her backstory here, Elliot? <laughs>
1: it's so wild. So, okay. Her, her lineage is a, a cursed princess who was like very much done like bad by her dad. Um, yep. was cursed to like basically give birth to or cast off others, uh, every time anything fucking happened to her. Um. One of the others she cast off was a giant sea monster. That sea monster had its mind swapped with some noble lady. That noble mm-hmm. lady entered some sort of sleeping beauty situation. Um, Got basically attacked by some other like enterprising laborer. I think is the term.
0: Sexually assaulted. Y- yes. Uh, yeah. Right. Is the read I got from it.
1: That, yeah. Very much. Um, And then Tashlit was, was born of an egg from that. Uh. Union's not the right word because that's not what it Mm was, Um, that crime. Uh, Yes. Like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, it's a backstory for sure.
0: Uh, There's so many, it's like such a long chain of (laughs) terrible, terrible events. I kept thinking Matthew
1: was at the end of it. I kept thinking, oh, okay, and so that's Tashlet. I was like, no, no, no. that's who it is, yeah. (laughs) Oh, she's the cursed princess. No, no, no. Oh, okay, so she's this sea monster or something? No, oh, okay, so she... (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I'm it's a real chain of it's a real series of unfortunate <laughs> events, isn't it? Um and that has led to Tashlit, which I don't know is that gonna mean that she's probably not as cool as we thought she might be initially? We'll find out, I guess. Didn't she
1: when Verona asked if she was like an evil other who eats babies, didn't she give Verona the kind of so so gesture? Yeah. So Which like- again is an endearing response to that question. <laughs> It, it's a very endearing way of saying yeah i'm kind of a mob i mean yeah kind of yeah
0: <laughs> i mean oh, it's a, she's saying i mean yeah but who who are we to judge you
1: know yeah yeah <laughs> that's um, what i took from it at least i actually tried to look up tashlet's name to see if that was a clue um and I, I ended up finding there's a a hebrew word uh for it's called like Tashlik. um i'm, I'm probably mm. there's probably a better way to pronounce that i apologize um but it's the Hebrew word meaning like to cast off or to like throw away. Um and it's also the name of a ritual that um is performed during uh, like the Jewish New Year where you sort of metaphorically cast yes. your sins into the ocean. Yes. Um so yeah, I mean you know, it kind of seems like a pretty good name for Tashford. I can't help but think that this mm-hmm. is a word Alpi, you know, got from her memories and decided was her name. Maybe like, maybe this is a bit of a snowdrop situation. That's not quite her name, but it'll do. Yeah, true. Um, but uh yeah, I I don't know. I like as someone who is the, you know, kind of unwanted child of something that was cast off of a cursed princess, like that name seems, you know, fairly fairly symbolic.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. No, I think it works. Um I think it was a post on the subreddit uh, this morning that dived into it in a bit more detail as well and found a few more links. So I, I, I really
1: quite like this vibe. Oh, um, I got a but resub again... to the subreddit. I, I, I keep missing so much stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. To confirm that uh, you came up with this by yourself. You didn't just steal it from, um, <laughs> yeah. from a subreddit. Did you, huh?
1: I'm no, on to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, that's probably not the first time that's happened. Um, I, I need to be in the <laughs> sub so I can see when people think of stuff before me and give them credit. Um, mm. So also, I think the other thing that comes up is is there's a part where uh, Verona and, admittedly, myself are like, oh, wow, so Tashlet's really old. And Matthew's like, no, she's only 17. This stuff yeah. with, like, a practitioner Yikes. finding, uh, you know, the mind-swapped sea serpent woman in a coma or whatever, uh, that only mm. happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's just like, I like this as a way of reminding us. It's like, no, this world's still pretty fucked up.
0: Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, I The fact, I think, I think this was a bit of a trick by Wild Bo because the fact that the word kingdom is used so much made me think that it was like medieval vibe. But no, it's not. It's, it's more modern than that. So I, I, I think Wild Bo set us up for a little bit of a gotcha there, but that's fine. It can happen.
1: Well, I think like the kingdom stuff is mostly in relation to the where like, the sea serpent's from, and the sea serpent is very old. It's over the part where, like, I I think, you know, Tashlet specifically, it's words like, I think they compare it to Sleeping Beauty. And Mm. they're still talking about a sea serpent that can swallow ships. Um, And so so it's like, that That still gives you the impression that we're talking, like, Middle Ages. not Yes, for sure. Not 21st century. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I agree. I I think it was an intentional trick to just sort of, you know, and I think it's designed to make us think, oh, shit, like, you know, this stuff happens here, too.
2: Mm. Yeah
1: um
0: yeah i think it's intentionally tricking us a bit but that's fine it's a it's a nice little gotcha that that gotched me at least
1: yeah same um and and so yeah it's interesting like because i had my whole like the can it others loosely correspond to marginalized groups theory and i was trying to figure out if tashlit fit into that Mm. but her backstory is too wild and has too many variables for me to like feel confident yeah, run the numbers,
0: and it's it's hard to figure out what it is, right? It could be a few things.
1: <laughs> I think, like, what the, the craziest part of it to me is that she actually grew up like thinking she was human, um, despite having hatched out of an egg. Um, but yeah. they, they they sort of say you know it wasn't until puberty or something, um, that she you know turned into another. Um, and I feel like that's probably going to be the important part for this, but um, yeah, just like regardless, like that's so crazy, like you know. Imagine just thinking you were a person and then, like, finding out that, you know, you're from this fucking wild lineage and, you, you know, you're not who you thought you were. You suddenly don't fit in the society you'd presumably been brought up in. Like, it would suck. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they say Tashlet's taking it pretty well. So, I mean, good on her, I guess. Yeah. Um, because, like, fuck, that would, that would mess me up.
3: <sighs>
1: yep. Um,
0: yeah, pretty rough. It's like the worst version of Harry Potter ever you' first <laughs> you find out that you're some horrible monster accidentally, and your flesh starts
1: sloughing off. yeah, yikes um but anyway so so back to the rest of the phone call. <laughs> um we can't just talk about Dashlit forever, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so Edith confirms that there are ten new others in Kennet,-, mm-hmm. but they only get a single vote, and yeah, clearly. Similar to the goblins. Yeah, when well, they're expected to obey the current others. Yeah, which um, means,
0: do they get a vote? D- doesn't that just mean they have to vote how they're told?
1: I I mean, it depends on the phrasing of it all, I sure. suppose. Sure, fair enough. Um, like, maybe. It'd be weird to give them a vote and say, but you have to
0: vote with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it, it's weird, because I thought the goblins kind of had some more of their own votes, but that, that's the whole thing. But it's just, this is so, like, I don't like this as a thing. Yeah. Um, i i know there was a bit of pushback uh when i a couple of arcs ago suggested that like it was weird that kennett didn't give the pig dog guy a chance um mm. and i feel like what i was bringing up there is a general rule was kind of like where is the line for kennett and why mm. and i feel very confident in saying like looking at this that they're getting 10 new others Some of them we really like, like Tashlit, and they all get one vote. Like that—that's saying to me that their line has moved, and in a direction I don't think is good. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's setting them up as like second-class citizens for the for the new others. I guess the charitable read is like they're on probation. They're kind of like these ten are the trial group, and whichever ones are like accepted after a few months will become full voting members or whatever. But I mean, that's assuming a lot. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: If that's we the case, we don't hear any
0: rumblings of that.
1: Yeah, if that's the case, I can actually kind of get behind that. Um, yeah, but Edith doesn't explain it like that, right? No.
0: So she's not saying, "Oh, they're new members, so they'll for their probation period, they'll collectively vote as one or something."
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that would be a lot more palatable to to me. I, there's still room in there to maybe have a discussion, but like I could, I could live with that being the system. I, mm. But there's no indication that that's the case, and I'm, I just can't no, help but think like, wait miss was tending this garden so carefully and Matthew and Edith are trying, but they do seem to consistently be bungling it. And to me, uh, I think they're doing their best.
0: I just oh, think it's are. a very hard thing to do. Like, oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm not going to hold it against them.
1: Yeah. You're, you, I, I, you're right. That probably came off more judgy than I intended it, but it's mm. just like, yeah. I, 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 Cause I feel like I judge the blue heron Institute a lot for how shitty it's interpretation of like community is, mm. Uh so credit where credit's due, Kenneth's not doing so hot at the moment either, I suppose, um, mm. without, without someone like miss, uh, mm. you know, tending the garden so carefully.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, again, we'll get, presumably we're going to get back to Kenneth soon and we'll see how all these, uh, you know, how all these choices are impacting the, uh,
1: the town. Yeah. 6.8 is just going to be like, Oh, the school burnt down while you're in there. It's all gone to shit. Go home. <laughs>
0: yep um yeah so uh in this phone call matthew continues uh, he goes on to then give advice about alcazars and offers to help with
1: a domain holy shit like yeah generous yeah i I mean offering to buy this land especially given like how much they've told us like their you know life and financial situation is rough like i was just like wow um Mm. the the very skeptical part of me is like hmm does them buying it for them give them some sort of power over it but i don't i don't think so i i think i want to believe in this especially because it would be such a thing you know the kennedy's were kind of against them in arc 4 and arc 3 um mm. so to have turned them around to this degree like i want that to be true <laughs> it's just this little stuff from the end of the chapter sitting here yep
0: yeah i don't know i don't know how to process it like it's clearly so nice and generous. And the reason they give of kind of tying the Kenneteers more to Kennet is enough of one to make me feel like, yeah, that's that could be legit, right? But I just
1: hope they're not evil. <laughs> yeah. but because that's that turning point for me, right? Is is they both sort of say connecting you three to Kennet is a good thing. Um yeah. and like that's that's huge. Like, yeah, that was solid. The, yeah. That was the thing in Arc Three, is they're like, we don't know if we can trust you. So it'd be like on the one hand, I'm I'm so elated that they've turned it around and they're like, Yeah, we trust you so much. We want you to have a domain here and to connect yeah. you to this place. And then the other part of me is like, this is the roller coaster ride, while well, Bo wanted us on, because then at the end he reminds mm-hmm. us, Hey, but Edith probably done it. Um, yep. it's a, uh, yeah. It's ah Yeah
0: I I think I'm gonna just say it. Edith's not guilty. I'm calling it now. Not guilty for Edith. The verdict has been passed. Regardless, I re- reserve the right to retract that later. But for now, <laughs> let's just say not guilty on Edith.
1: Okay, I'm I'm actually pretty convinced she is guilty, and I'm just going to think that what I know her plan. I'm going to kind of support it. Um, mm. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, Edith
0: did nothing wrong. You heard it here. We're just going to call it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, like I, I feel like the the point like or the the fact that the carmine beast was murdered isn't going to end up mattering by the time we learn why like it sort Mm. of fits into this whole stuff miss was talking about about this being an important precedent like it's 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 going to be do you remember when we found out the hungry choir were the ones who killed it but by that point it didn't matter because they were just the murder weapon i feel like Mm. we're going to have that again like we're going to find out edith killed it for this but by that point we're not even going to really care about that anymore because there'll be some bigger picture and that's just a, a piece of the puzzle
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, that's kind of what we've been calling for a while, so I think that's almost
1: certainly right. I hope so, because I, I think Ada's done it, and I don't want to hate her for it. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. Um, well, also, like one of my last things on this phone call is um, Matthew has a few mm. moments that felt a bit like, is, is there a word for like when someone puts their foot in their mouth In a bit of a, like, because they're just a bit ignorant and stupid sort of way?
0: I mean, just putting their foot in their mouth, I think is the word for it. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. Well, I feel like that's what Matthew does. Like, he he just has a few moments where, I was, you know, if we we sort of use this metaphor for practitioners of people with privilege in this world, like, there were a few Mm. moments where I started to feel like Matthew was an ex-practitioner. Like, the way he keeps trying to take Edith fishing, and, and he's like, you know, she doesn't even come out on the boat. And it's like, well... Well, yeah,
0: she's fire. So like she's water a fire, she's I don't a know, fire Matthew, spirit. if you've never played Pokemon, water's super effective against
1: her. So oh, And, and you need to sit, chill out. sit in a wooden boat. Like Yeah, true. Like, Another good point. Right. Like, I was just like, Matt, like I am sorry, Matt, but like read the rope. Um Yeah. Yeah, so I like I don't know. Um I, I, I'm maybe I'm just getting this vibe because we saw in five D that he did some practice, but like I just, you know, there, there I couldn't help but notice there were just a few bits where I was like, Matthew, I think you're yeah. yeah putting your foot in your mouth uh yeah
0: chillax Matthew but (laughs) yeah I mean he's a I I I like the idea that because he's an ex-practitioner he's kind of he's got the thing of practitioner he's got a bit of practitioner tendencies to just be a bit shit sometimes
1: (laughs) yeah yeah because like the other big example was sort of when when they're talking about like having one binding and stuff Matthew's like yeah I don't really think there's anything wrong with binding like the the stupid or smaller others like but some people yeah. here disagree, but I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean I, I think I've made my feelings on this clear before. Like that that's something where I'm like, I don't know, I I'd wanna I wanna get a very clear message from someone on where they're drawing their line before I think stuff like that is okay. Mm. Yeah. Um
0: yeah. Especially think,
1: like uh... as as a dude who gr- grew Edith from a really simple set of spirits, it seems like mm. a weird thing to say, right?
0: Uh yes. Yes it does. It is. It's just that same weird kind of manipulative vibe that has always been simmering under the surface with Matthew. That especially Avery has seemed to pick up on.
1: Yeah, I think. I think it's always kind of been explainable away as like, oh, it's because Edith isn't in her element in the town. But like, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I I want so much to believe in Matthew and Edith that I'm trying desperately to assuage all those fears.
2: mm, mm Yeah.
1: Actually, and and speaking of. Uh, there is a moment where uh, Verona sort of is like, oh yeah, I what I've noticed is that others don't seem to have human lifespans. They're either very long or very, very short. Uh, and then Avery's like, can I have my opossum to hug? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Everyone who's listening, we're all just going to like mentally tell the spirits that Snowdrop is in like the very, very long, possibly immortal camp. And if we all believe mm. it, yeah, then that'll make the spirits do it, right?
0: Yeah, we've talked about the idea that the audience of Wildbo's works is analogous to the spirits in-universe, so if yes. we agree that Snowdrop is uh, <laughs> immortal, then it will become
1: true. Yeah, and this leads yep. me right back to the Carmine Snowdrop theory. That I <laughs>
0: that's uh, that's endgame. Carmine Snowdrop is endgame for sure. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> okay, so uh, next up, uh, Avery uh, hassles Snowdrop for a update. Sorry, and ends up, sorry, Sh- Sheridan, <laughs> for an update on how it went talking to her dad, and gets one.
1: Yeah, we can't afford to get Sheridan's name wrong again. Um, okay, so it sounds like you know, based on all this, like Avery's mum I- is going to be cool. Um, if it, well, my favorite thing about this is Avery's mum basically starts threatening Sheridan um, <laughs> as soon as as soon as like Sheridan brings this up, she's like, "You better not make this a thing," because like. You know I'll be super disappointed in you. It's like the irony is that Sheridan is actually being really fucking cool about it right now. um so yeah, Avery's mom. good um but mm-hmm. Avery's dad is the real real puzzler uh, and there's a lot of the text dedicated to all three of them kind kind of trying to pass this out. I'm wondering where you've landed.
0: I think Verona comes up with a pretty good theory. I think it's too early to know, right and Avery shouldn't go crazy worrying about it until she has more information. Verena does well to keep the ball in the air though. Like it could be that it could be that her dad is a bit shit and kind of realizes it, and that would be probably the worst case scenario at this point, right? Mm. Um, is a bit shit, realizes that he's being a bit shit and kind of gets a talking to from Avery's mother later that night. <laughs> uh, or it's just that he's kind of awkward and doesn't really know how to react was kind of expecting to have a conversation with Avery and hasn't had the chance yet. Like, I think that's possible.
1: Yeah. Cause remember how desperate he was to drive her to the school in arc four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and she had to do magical shit to make him stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I agree. Like, especially, you know, knowing like Rowan, I could definitely mm. see the dad just sort of doing like the sort of Rowan esque, like ignorant privilege move of just like joking about it. And then when Avery's mom was like, Oh, this is serious. Him being like, Oh shit. It probably is, and and then yeah. straightening up. But just like, so not being against it at all, just being an idiot, which is mm-hmm. better, I think, because the intention is good once he realizes that it's serious. Yeah. Um, I I think still
0: we can't pull an Avery and, <laughs> like, you know, read read so much into a situation we really just don't have enough information on.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah, I'm very curious to see where it goes cuz I really like all the stuff Avery was saying about like you know, even if he is cool, but it's just because people like my mom are pressuring him into it. Like that's mm. really shitty like she cares so much about what he actually thinks and I like agree. Mm. But then also at the same time it's like I don't know, like it's better than him being open I, I don't know. It's such a it's such a mess of a situation. I can't I can't imagine having to go through this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> It's stressing me out and it's like a fictional person going through it. I can't imagine going through it myself. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, I like it's rough. I, I just think Avery is just too deep in her own head and she needs to try try not to dive so far after it. But I know that's an impossible task. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so much easier said than done.
1: Um, Exactly. That said, she does kind of pivot from this conversation to just like fuck it, let's go do the Alcazar. And I mean, I don't know about everyone else, but at least to me, I was very worried. Like after our our other story on an Alcazar Mm. that was like, you know, oh, there were bad memories associated so bad with the item, and it went bad. And I'm kind of like, um, didn't we have a whole thing where we had to relive that night in the ruins with Avery, and it was Mm -hmm. a fucking nightmare? And I was like, this is the photo that you want to like. Are you sure? And then, you know, Avery's sort of like, oh, it's okay, I've been tempering it with myself all day. And I was like, Avery, you've had a fucking dreadful day. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, Yikes. I mean, it all works out, but I was very, very worried going in. Um, yeah, fair. And what I really love about this, though, is, like is the reason I, I had a shred of hope for it was because when Avery's first like, okay, let's just drop this and, and do it, we sort of get a great character moment for all three because Lucy's kind of like, "Um, are we really just like dropping it like that?" because of course, Lucy wouldn't just drop it um and I think she makes she even makes a joke about how hypocritical of of her it would be to suggest you do that, um mm. but she also kind of shares my concerns about whether we're in the right headspace to be doing this. Um, meanwhile, Verona's just sort of like, "Yep, cool, next thing, like it's just very Verona to just immediately move on and pivot um mm. but Avery actually does explain. Like, she isn't doing what I feel like Verona would be doing, which is just trying to bury her feelings and run away. Um, Mm. For Avery, it's like, she feels good if she's trying to make the world better. And that's, you know, this is something she can do to do that. Like, rather than stewing, she wants to be helping. And this is a different problem, but it's helping someone. And, I mean, I just love that idea from Avery of just, I don't need to fix the world, but if I can tell myself I tried, you know, that Mm. would be good enough. I just, I love that mm. idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it's, it's,
0: it definitely resonates. I, I, yeah, I like it. It's, it's just, it it vibes with me as well with just all three of them. They love, they're so good hearted, just kind of needing to know that they're doing all they can to improve the world in whatever way they see, they see fit, I guess.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I'm loving how we're seeing, cause all three of them have different ways of handling stuff. Like, you know. Lucy wouldn't drop it and and that's why she challenges this idea Verona would drop it and that's why she challenges Lucy challenging the idea um, mm. and Avery kind of explains why she why she's doing it here and it's like in a story that's talking about how we work together I think it's it's really telling that we've got uh, three protagonists who deal with things in different ways it's kind of like it's about learning to work with people who work differently to you mm. Um, mm. it takes me right back to you know that conversation in like 2.1 uh, mm. I think it was where like Lucy it was right after the hunk and Lucy tries to tell Avery to not be mad and beat herself up and Avery's like I don't want to turn into you and stuff and I like, like you know I feel like that was one of our first instances of this story sort of saying like we don't all have to be the same to work together
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I mean they they're unique enough as characters but they're they're just a great team right and that's a perfect example of that yeah, um, they're so good They're great, they're great uh, Speaking of the Kenneteers uh, They recruit Zed to help out with the Alcazar Basically defending them uh, while they do it uh, And step in to the night of the murder
1: um, I can't believe it didn't occur to me Until we went into the photo That this was the night of the murder Like, it was just one of those moments mm. where As soon as the text was like, Kennet Arena I was like, oh, fuck, yeah This is the night, the Karma Beast died. There's gotta be a clue in here um mm. so it's like on top of all of the coolness that was this ritual, because this ritual just in and of itself is fucking fantastic. Um I was just like, oh my god, yes, like clues for the murder. Um it was so exciting.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Um I also didn't realize until we 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 get into it and I'm like, oh shit, like of course we're gonna get murder clues. <laughs> I was also hoping for a bit of Louise Bayer, but unfortunately she does not make an appearance, which is sad. <laughs>
1: No, she was not important enough to leave an imprint on this. Um, Ouch! <laughs> um, no, but like, like speaking of how the Kennedys make everything better, um, I love how they cheer Zed up by recruiting him here. Like, it's like oh, Zed was in a funk. And they ask him, <laughs> yes. Him. So it's like you know, yes. You cheer someone up by getting them to help you. Like that's the most wholesome yep. shit ever. Good um, on him. And then, like, just to jump back to the ritual, like. First of all, I love that it was a photo that we did this with because I think just conceptually that was so much easier for us to get because you're sort of taking a thing and making it a space, and you know, like if you were to do mm. that with like a water bottle, like that might be harder for us to understand. Whereas like with a photo, it's like this. This feels like easy mode for um an Al- for Al-Kazar. what an Alcazar should <laughs> be, it's like, yeah, yeah, because it's, it is just it's yeah. a tableau of of the scene. Turns like,
0: it into a diorama, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And then we get to really play with, like, all of the, the like, meaningful impressions that were left on this. Like, you know, like, we get to walk around and hear what people are thinking, and, like, that's really cool. And it's, like, I, I almost think we might get to see another one of these sometime, just because then we can start to get real weird with it. And it's, like, well, let's Alcazar, like, yeah, like a, a water bottle and, and see what mm. that does.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we'll get another Alcazar in this story. I, it's hard to think of what, what opportunity we might get for that, but...
1: I mean, it'd be cool to see. I mean, you could Alcazar into Bree to get to Yolda to get some clues. Yeah, Uh, true. I mean, there's probably a million things you could do it to. Whether they do, I guess we'll see. Mm. But yeah.
0: Yes, I will see, I guess. Um, uh, Yeah, uh, just quickly as well to note, Lucy and Vernon in the stands tuning for Avery even before they're awakened as a trio. Love it. Such a supportive trio. I'm just, I'm so on the Kennedy's train at the moment, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I especially love this because I guess my read on Lucy and Verona is that they weren't super social before, well, they were, or even after necessarily, but you know, like they were a pair and they didn't interact with people outside of each other much. It was kind of the vibe I got. So I was surprised to see them at like a school event like this. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'm projecting. I never went to my school's sports matches, <laughs> at least. Um, so yeah, like it, it is kind of heartwarming that the two of them were just good enough people to go and support their, you know, their classmates.
2: Mm,
0: mm. Yeah,
1: they they're just great. They're just champions, you know. Yeah. Um, and as a side note, like to jump ahead a bit to what the implement is, um, how perfect is this scene? Because they're like they're walking around eavesdropping on what people were thinking at the time of the photo like it's just we'll get into this in the next chapter but like this is one of those things where on the reread i'm like oh this is so perfect for the implement Mm. they're they're walking around eavesdropping on stuff
2: Mm. yeah (laughs)
0: yep i mean yeah the god the eavesdrop earring like (laughs) we'll get to this at the end of the chapter i guess yeah it's just so good (laughs) um yeah let's move on so we can discuss how great it is so (laughs) uh, with the help of snowdrop the kennedy's noticed that the miss in the photo isn't looking at them she's looking out into the parking lot where the carmine beast died to where edith and the hungry choir are standing
1: (laughs) i mean yeah we, we already touched on this but like getting this reminder that ever since we had the whole coin thing we've kind of known edith is a big suspect Mm-hmm. uh and this just like really piling onto that after the phone call i was just like oh why are you doing this to me yep i still we called it it did nothing
0: wrong so i'm sure this is nothing <laughs> sure there's a logical explanation we should just move on
1: um okay <laughs> <laughs> um I, I suppose i had yeah. one question uh sorry there was one mm. part here that i was confused about mm-hmm. uh so they've got, like, these little tools where they can take, like, snapshots of stuff and or, like, wrap it up and take it out with. And Lucy grabs a snapshot of Edith in the photo. Yeah. And she says it's not just, like, to use as evidence, but it's to do with the implement. Yes. Is this where they get... Because the implement has, like, fiery, smoky stuff associated with it. Is that what... Is that where this... or Is this where that came from? Oh, no. I think this is just
0: the part that gives it a bit more eavesdrop vibe, the the thing of, like, trying to sneak in on missed conversations. I think the smoky stuff, I'm not sure where that comes from, somewhere else, I guess?
1: Just because Edith's eyes are glowing, like, with her signature, like, flame Yeah, true, And because I think the earring, the main gemstone in it is, like, a fiery sort of gemstone, and considering the other ones they got were, like, ice, I was like, I I, I Mm. thought that was weird. Mm. I was just wondering if there's a, a bit of an... Edith flair to to these earrings, and if that means anything, yeah, maybe. I'm connecting a lot of dots to get there. I'll admit, so maybe I'm just wrong. Mm.
0: <laughs> I mean, it could be. Um, I also i want to raise the idea that, like, the photo we get, we get a bit of information about why, you know, Avery. I think it's Avery raises the question, you know, why can we see Edith in the Hungry Choir when obviously they're not in the photo. And the answer is kind of like stone tape, psychic, psychic impression type stuff. But I also worry that it's possible they're just... Like it's being taken from them or from Avery and it's kind of just them seeing what they expect to see a bit. Like maybe this isn't the, you know, smoking gun that that it feels like it is.
1: It doesn't feel like it would be admissible in court to, to some extent because you're right, there's yeah. like a few... Degrees of separation before you get to the image of Edith. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm willing to trust it because such a big deal is made out of it. Like maybe this is do- a bit of a dualistic approach. But I was like, sure. I I. Do- it would be
0: weird for it to be like removed as evidence later.
1: Yeah, I I do trust it. It's just you know, yeah yeah. We need to know more about what it means. It, for me, all this Edith stuff just comes back to getting more from her on why.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah cool i mean i guess we will find out once edith is uh ultimately cleared of any wrongdoing <laughs> sure <laughs> um so yes having secured what they need the kenters go back to zed and begin their work to fashion the photo into a gem to be part of lucy's implement
1: an earring i, I was i was so mad when i read that it was an earring because yeah. like the second i read it i was like oh fuck, mate, I mean, did- it's just perfect <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, obviously, Walbo in- invented this system, but it's still amazing how incredibly fucking good he is at it. Like, Again, maybe I missed it, because I do feel quite segregated from the community as a whole, but I didn't see anybody guess anything like this. Um, mm. So please, like, prove me wrong if you did. Um,
0: yeah, so if someone called it, let us know. Post a link, because
1: uh, I'm keen to
0: see that comment. Yeah, but you, you I didn't see props. anyone call it
1: either. Um, yeah, in retrospect, we should have made it a Pale Predictor uh, thing that went for a week. Um, True. But yeah, like, I mean, it's just, <clears throat> uh, sorry. When you see this, I was just like, Wobbo's basically been shoving this in our face for the whole arc. Like, clues for this, uh, you know, there's just a list of them once you realize it. Like, we had a whole conversation last week about her trying to eavesdrop on Corbin's conversation. Mm. Just as one example of just like, like this, Yeah, you know, in retrospect, it's so fucking obvious.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, it's so good. Like, the eavesdrop earrings... It just is so perfect for Lucy in so many ways. I am, again, just floored by how well Wabo can define characters, let us know exactly who these characters are, and then impress us by how little we actually were able to predict (laughs) where he was going.
1: Well, it's like, yeah, he just still manages to absolutely stomp us with his understanding of the characters and ideas for what what fits them. Um, Yep, every time. i mean it's not just a great fit for lucy there's only just because the if you look at sort of the wider story like augers are a big part of this story and their symbol is an eye yeah and obviously now like lucy's sort of being symbolically tied to the concept of ears and i think that there's like a subtle but important difference between like spying on someone with an eye versus like overhearing them because it's like you know if someone's spying on you they're kind of looking at you regardless of what you're doing. Whereas, like, mm. Lucy's only listening to the shit you choose to say, right? Mm. Mm. Um, Like, you know, so not- Yeah, you're right. She's
0: not, like, she's not, uh, what's the fucking word for it? Like, listening to something outside of her immediate surroundings. She's just listening to things that people are saying around her slightly better.
1: Yeah, she's not, like, 1984-ing this situation. She's just, yeah. like, keeping- a you know a closer walk or no looks not the right word because i'm just talking about how she's not eyes but you know like she's just you know keeping a closer ear on the people in her vicinity and like just making sure Mm. they're not dickheads um
0: having said that though she probably could do kind of ranged hearing as well
1: i mean she (laughs) Uh, could but even that is it's just like slightly less invasive in, in that again like you know you sort of you always choose when you speak especially for practitioners like these are people who have said yeah. why words have weight, and Lucy's yeah. like, okay, well here I am, I'm fucking listening. I'm um, listening
0: to them. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like it, it, to me, it has a very different vibe to like augers and and their eyesight mm. imagery in a way that I find mm. just much more like she's holding you to account. She's not 1984ing you. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it's words are things that you choose to say, right? Especially <laughs> if you're a practitioner
1: yeah and, and especially because she's got she's only got the one earring as well i, I, I i'm i jumping ahead here actually um but like she doesn't have the two like having two earrings they talk about how it was a decision they didn't really end up making but i think it was the right one um, maybe the spirits had their back because if she had two earrings that's kind of like all of her hearing it's like diving both feet into the practice Mm. but Lucy's never wanted to do that Like she she's using the practice to enhance herself and so it's like just having the one it's sort of like you know she's she's got that ear out but she's also got that other ear that's just attached to the normal world mm. like again mm-hmm. every aspect of this is just fucking perfect i can't i can't believe <laughs> how good it is yeah
0: no it's it is it's very good um yeah uh let's see what happens with the next chapter i guess
1: yeah let's dive in
0: uh, we get into cutting class 6.7 from Lucy's perspective. She is making the final preparations for her implement ritual.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously like it's the whole chapter and we'll dive so deeply into this, but, um, there's something we didn't touch on with the Alcazar ritual, but I want to touch on for, for both of them here is Walbo gives us short descriptions of like the symbols that, you know, are going into these, these rituals. And it's just so fun. Like, I love how in the extra material at the start of the story, we had seeded these basic concepts of diagrams. And so now I feel comfortable just kind of like, as they're being described, kind of trying to interpret what they mean. Mm. Um, Like the Alcazar one, it was, you know, there was like a sun, a moon, and some stars in the Alcazar ritual, Like which to me was like, oh, okay, like you're putting this shit in the cosmos. Like, you know, when I think of those three things, like if it was just day and moon, I'd think, oh, there's some sort of like, diurnal cycle thing happening um but when you put stars in there as well to me that's like those three symbolize the cosmos um and so like seeing stuff like that with that foundation of the diagram stuff we've already been given is just really cool yeah it allows us to
0: dive into the diagrams in a way that uh we just wouldn't have been able to without like the bonus materials and stuff for sure
1: yeah, I, like so. This diagram, the implement one, like one of the things, one of the the drum beats Lucy keeps hitting as she's explaining it to us, is that it's very symmetrical and everything's meeting on the middle. And I was kind of like, oh, what does that mean? And then the ritual starts, and you see that there's like the version of her as a as an yes. implement on the other side. You're like, oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's it's literally yeah. setting up a
0: a mirror version of her, a, a reflection of herself, right? Yeah, a pale. reflections i might say it's explicitly
1: Mm. not a pale reflection it's like it's like darker (laughs) and smoky like it's (laughs) whatever elliot all right Uh,
0: i just wanted to say the the thing okay
1: okay i'm sorry um
0: yeah so good like it's just so good this whole ritual
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love how as well like it just said other little detail like the ritual said to dress comfortably so like, Lucy has done her best, but that's just so not her style that she's kind of semi-comfortable. Um, yeah. And, and she doesn't want to borrow other people's clothes, which I think was the right call. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm choosing to read this as, like, a positive thing. Like, it's not her going against herself to dress comfortably here. It's, like, her becoming more comfortable with herself, uh, you know, and heading in that direction as she's getting this implement.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I love... That vibe it's so loosey, and then it plays again into like I mean, yeah, it's an earring, right no one would describe that as comfortable. She's kind of <laughs> dressing up a bit like again, it just works perfectly
1: are uh, earring I, I I mean I have no experience with earrings. are they not comfortable? I also don't wear them, but I mean
0: I can't imagine they are comfortable, <laughs> right like they're things that go into your ear and presumably, and from my experience uh with people in my life who do wear earrings they kind of poke into the side of your face a fair amount when you're not just like standing
1: around so that makes sense
3: uh,
0: they're not i don't think they're super comfortable no
1: okay yeah that makes sense. um yeah i mean i I suppose speaking of things that in retrospect just seem obvious but uh walbo had to spell it out for us um lucy has decided that her element is smoke um and again like i as soon as as soon as she said that, I was like, "Oh, there's at least like four examples I can think of of her d- being smoke in this story." Um, mm. it, yeah, it was it was right there, and like I I I love her description of it as it's like you know she it's something that like rises above fire, and it could be abrasive or in some situations it can be clean, like it depends on how you treat it. Um, mm. uh, yeah, like this this chapter is just fucking full to the brim of shit that was just like, oh my god, of course,
0: yeah, I mean fully fully perfect stuff it's great
1: like it's good it's going to be curious like what what elements would you say the other kenneteers would have associated with them? i i have i have my own ideas but i'm curious what yours are
0: i mean the only lens i have that i feel like i'm analyzing this through is fucking what type of uh el- element bending would they do right <laughs> i'm trying to that that's kind of the only lens i have to analyze this through is where would they slot in an avatar um And I think Verona is probably an airbender realistically because she's kind of like evasive and, and likes her bag of tricks and is all about the fun of it. Um, Not spiritual, but more the kind of chill fun vibes of being an airbender. And then Avery I think is probably like an earthbender. She's sporty. She's athletic. She, she's uh, you know, she packs a punch, although she doesn't necessarily stand her ground that much. So maybe a waterbender is more appropriate for her. Okay. Does that, is that
1: (laughs) what you're expecting me to say? not at all (laughs) i I mean yeah well okay well i guess through that lens what 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 type of bending is lucy
0: i mean i would have said fire bending for lucy like she's like she's got that kind of like proper vibe she knows what she's about she's there to to get shit done do what she's here to do Um, she doesn't
1: she doesn't mess around like I see fire exactly it's quite direct although earth bending you know she stands her ground true true This is just turning into our pale avatar. Uh, Yeah, we're doing cross-fiction, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And
0: then, okay, and now, uh, what type of practitioner would Avatar Ang be? Let's try (laughs) to answer that question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We've got the seed of a great cross here, Elliot. Let's monetize it.
1: um, No, uh, I don't want to. Okay, okay. No, I think it's interesting because... Uh, This sort of broadened my scope of what an element could be because, like, smoke Mm. is not one of those four. No. And, in fact, I think, you know, the awakening ritual at the start of of the story had five elements associated with it. Like, you could have wood or metal. Um, Mm. Or was it six, including those two? Mm. Uh, Earth, air, fire, water, wood, and metal were the six that were brought up. Yeah, I think so. But then, obviously, like yeah you know lucy's just sort of like no my element is smoke and i was like oh okay so it's like more freeform than that like it yeah have if to you be... can, it's
0: more interpretive as everything in uh pale is
1: yeah so like, like for for verona i'd say her element has to be the dark right like mm-hmm. you know there's a dark rune i'm willing to call that oh element, yeah like in okay that world. is good uh and then for avery I just had air down, like, because, you know, the air Mm. spirits that we've seen, like, she's got her, her, true, she's got her air boots. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and she does, you know, she's always running around. She's got that kind of flighty. Yeah. I don't know. That's the best I I can see it. It's the one I'm the lowest confidence on. Verona for dark. I was like, I'm pretty confident in this one, but Mm. um, Avery and air, I'm sort of like, that's the best I can do.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. No, I think so. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So. Cool. All right. Well, stay tuned for our Avatar uh, pale yeah.
1: cross-fiction coming soon. Um, well, you can, <laughs> okay. you know, we'll, we'll both submit a thing for Do the Right Thing. Yeah. But cool. don't tell yeah. Matias well, and Jarvis. Yeah, Let's don't just, tell them. Just no, see how good they get.
0: So Avery and Verona present Lucy with the earring, and it's cool. Uh, with the hand a done, the two move into the corners of the room to stand guard, and Lucy begins the ritual proper.
1: I, I love how important all three of them are treating this like they've got like a no talking rule in the room which i don't think it's ever actually said is part of the ritual or not um mm-hmm. i, I kind of like the idea that they've just decided it's necessary um mm-hmm. i like lucy even describes it as like um kind of extra that they're presenting her earring to her in this fashion but it's just <laughs> like it's it's adorable and it, like good yeah I, yeah i just mm. loved
0: it yeah, it's good, isn't it? it? It's just a fun vibe of them kind of being there, supporting uh, Lucy. Even though they're not really doing that much, they don't really seem to need to do much. It's not their ritual, you know.
1: Well, I, I mean, you know, if they're going to stay in here for the majority of the three days, like they can't really talk or anything, like you know. The...
0: Yeah, for three days. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, actually, I... and
0: presumably they're not like impacted by the thing that makes Lucy not
1: have to go to the toilet or eat or whatever. No, exactly. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, just as a side note, I love this this idea that the implement ritual is like three days and you can't, mm. like, you know, you sort of have to be shut off and kind of silent. Like, it, it's got that real, like, you know, kind of Eastern mythology, like find yourself type stuff that's kind of, you know, bastardized by yoga studios everywhere. Um, so, of course, like, you know, it's been sort of taken into the implement ritual. Mm. I suppose it's also got, like, monk, Vibes from like the middle ages as well, like they, they'll, they yeah, silent stuff, mm.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. um, I mean, like, it, it's pretty crazy. Like, the idea that she, I got the impression Lucy can't leave this diagram for three days, right? Like, that's no, I mean, I, that, like, that's it's a lot, order. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, no, <laughs> like she's got a I love of it. this,
0: yeah. Oh, god, <laughs> hopefully, she doesn't have to use it, but I mean, I, I guess I'm reflecting on it. If a lot of it is like flashbacks and stuff, maybe it passes quicker than you'd expect
1: that's true that's true um i mean i i love this as a device because like wobbo wasn't content to just give his protagonists three days off um Mm -hmm. so like i love how we've inter we've incorporated this into the story it's like okay essentially the three of them kind of have to be locked in a place for three days well let's have the world melt around them like i i'm so yep i'm so in love with this idea that like maybe next chapter we're going to finish off this ritual open the door again (laughs) and just be like okay Fuck, have we stepped into now? Yep, yep. <sighs>
0: yeah, the the uh, you you just know that the Blue Heron Institute is going to shit outside those <laughs> doors, right?
1: Yeah, but it's like you know, like a normal person in this world locks themselves up for three days, comes out as a new person with the implement having affected their diagram, and it's yep. fine. But um, yeah. these three made the mistake of, of being wild boar protagonists, so they're going to cut themselves Always off.
0: Always a mistake, yeah. Yeah,
1: they cut themselves off from the world for three days and they're going to emerge into a brave new one. Yup. <sighs> we'll see.
0: We'll see how different it's going to be. Um, so uh, should we talk about this weird moment? <laughs> you pulled out this quote. I, Do you yeah, want to read I, it out?
1: Well, no, I don't, I don't want to read out the whole, the whole... The quote was there just so I could ask you what. It's like this bit where... Lucy's arm brushes up against the arm. The of, Implement's arm. Yeah, the Implement's yeah. arm. And then they, like, do they pass through? What happens here? I'm very curious. I know. I,
0: it took me a few reads to, to process it. I think the Implement's arm is passing through hers, and it seems to, like, both cut through her arm and, like, cut through her flesh and, and, and nerves, veins, and muscle, etc., but also just kind of pass through it in a way that leaves it unharmed. It it feels like it's doing both at the same time, which is strange, but I guess somehow works out in the uh, pale verse.
1: I suppose that makes sense for an earring because, and there is a moment in amongst this text where it's like the earring went in, like it's you know goes into her ear, yeah, yeah. Presumably. The earring pierces your flesh, but you know you sort of come out better for it because you have an accessory slot on your body. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I just did, like, I sort of asked the same thing in my library, and I was like, I don't get this, but I'm buying that sort of, it's like a, like a semi-phasing through thing. Like, it doesn't mm. fully phase through, but it's like a rough mm. phasing through. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. So, the earrings are brought to life, and Lucy relives uh, the lesson with Bristow from earlier that day, except now, with the power of the earring.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, I... It took me quite a while to work out what this was, like what we were doing here. And I yeah. think that's by design yeah. um, because of the way it ends to sort of bridge that gap. Like it took me until this section ends to be like, oh, oh, okay, that's what we were doing. Because as it was going, I was like, is this a flash forward or have we flashed back? Yeah, Like, yeah. I was very confused about the timing of it because I was like, how did we flash forward to Friday? I thought they were waiting till the end of the week. Um, uh, but like, yeah, I really like this as... Um, a really great way of showing us what this is going to do for Lucy because it's we get to, we and her get to relive this scene and, and sort of see what she would get out of having the earring in the scene.
0: It's a great way to demonstrate the power of it, isn't it? And then once you realize that this is in the past, you're kind of like, wait, how does the earring know that this is what happened in the past? Kind of similar to the question I raised, I guess, with the photo from last time, but this time the earring gives an explicit answer to that, which is a great. Yeah wholesome moment later on that we'll yes. get to we
1: we'll get there that's great but um I, I mean i just love everything like the first the first time we sort of see the earrings into, mm. or the earrings additional information like you know it's um indented and italicized and i was sort of like oh is this what the earring says and then like, immediately the next line is lucy wished she could have heard what they said and i was like wait so she didn't yeah um, yeah like i i love how i i really love the sort of ride this took us on where we're sort of like you you get the impression this is the earring telling us stuff but she's not hearing it so i was like oh what's yeah. happening and that that fits so well into the lesson that the earring gives her at the end that you just brought up so let's let's get there mm.
0: yeah yeah we'll get there um in a little bit <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah but obviously uh so we actually the thing we actually cut back to as you said is is uh Bristow. Uh, who's kind of interrupting his own lesson on binding humans because that's something you should teach at school. Um, Yep. He kind of, yeah, he interrupts himself talking about that that to just, like, go on about how Alexander, like, stole the school from him and, like, you Mm -hmm. know, all of this was my idea, like, trying to bullshit Mm -hmm. claim um, the school. And then he sort of goes on about how, like, oh, you can't just get world peace by making everyone play nice. You've got to, like you know basically have mutually assured destruction <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, just like yeah. yeah like it's this sort of thinking like these are the assholes who are like we, we've talked about this before it's like it's better if you can just go around and improve everyone but sometimes you are going to run into these fuckwits are like no the only way to do it is with fear um and it's just like like you know yeah just because one tactic doesn't work on everyone like it doesn't mean you pick the shittier tactic that does
2: Mm.
0: yeah it's really i mean i know that the candidates are trying to stay neutral here but it's really not not once have i ever thought seen an interaction with bristow and thought you know what he might be all right you know <laughs> like legitimately i'm just 100 percent on team alexander <laughs> i know alexander has his own problems but At least he's, like, pretends to be decent sometimes.
3: Jesus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see Bristow's interactions with people who are on his side. Um, Although, again, yeah, or someone he was trying to court, I suppose, because that's, like, to me, I have... What you're
0: asking is for Bristow to try and be manipulative so that you can like him, but that's crazy, right? (laughs) But that's what Alexander's doing. Like, like,
1: you've got to use that lens for Alexander. Okay,
0: Elliot, have you ever heard of the expression fake it till you make it? (laughs) <laughs> OK, Alexander <laughs> pretends to be nice as an effort to manipulate people. But if he does it 24-7, there's it no difference between nice. him and a nice person. <laughs> so that's where I'm at, you know.
1: No, I like I get that. Like, you know, if even if your motivations start out as shitty, but you're doing the right thing, like that, that's better than the other way around.
0: Um, yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure that the spirits are forcing Alexander to be a good principal and based on that like i don't care why he's being nice if he's just a nice guy and there's no problem with him being in charge of the school then fuck it i'm okay with it
1: i feel like you need to reread nicolette's interlude 2.x no
0: i don't i don't <laughs> want to do that though that's gonna challenge my worldviews, and <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't need yeah.
1: that <laughs> Un- uh you tell facebook don't show me stuff like this um
0: yeah exactly i just want to live in my echo chamber where alexander's <laughs> the good guy
1: <laughs> um yeah, like I don't know, because because Alexander is kind of the same as Bristow in this one way of like you know this idea of they're like oh you know we we sort of want world peace it's just we kind of have to be on top of it um mm. and, and yeah like like Bristow's whole thing here of like oh if we can't make everyone play nice we have to excise the depraved people and just get rid of them. there's no concept of trying to help people here which is where his mm. ideology falls apart for me mm. like I know we can't make everyone play nice but like. If you're not trying to wait, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, why should I care?
1: You know, yeah, if you're exactly. not
0: even trying to be good, what what motivation do I have to care about what you're doing and potentially side with you? You know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Genuinely, the best Alex uh, Bristow can ask for is neutrality, and it's not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. Like, well, let's let's get there because maybe we're jumping ahead a bit into into the conversation he has with Lucy soon.
0: Sure. Um, So, yeah, this lesson that that we are reliving is combat-based bindings. So we're going to have bindings. uh, The the groups are going to line up and then duel each other kind of up the line, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, right from the get-go. As a reader, I was on board with this because I was like... Oh, yeah, as a reader, you're all
0: for it, aren't you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, oh, fuck yes, we're doing, like, magician duels in a safe zone. Like, sign me the fuck up. Um, Yep.
0: This is great. I'm so for it. Um, I do think it's a great uh, example of how devious Bristow can be, though, because this is, like, oh, legitimately yeah. quite a devious class. Um, he's basically getting his students, who, who his aligned students, I should say, who obviously kind of seem to be good at binding, to have precedent where they have bound their fellow classmates, which is so cheeky. <laughs> can't help but respect how cheeky of a play it is um it's a great way to set up some like precedent for their victories potentially coming up later on
1: yeah and like you know uh, to not to support your team alexander is the good guy uh yeah crusade but um the fact that all of the people on bristow's side are the top human binders yeah creepy yeah okay um it, it, yeah like especially like th- this class opens with um henniger so of course this is like you know the mm. the daddy henniger coming into the the four which you know we've been constantly getting reminded this arc like this is our violence family yes um, they're and,
0: not good uh role models for our kenneth <laughs> at the very least
1: yeah so you've got someone who's like associated with violence teaching this class mm-hmm. and he opens it with like line yourselves up in order of your own confidence, which I was like, okay, well that's just a Great. metric designed to make people fight.
0: Yep. <laughs> Clearly just fucking with them off the bat, which is fine.
1: Um, and like the, the Ted's, the goblin princesses it immediately fall for it with Lucy. <laughs> yes. Um, Works a
0: treat on them. 100%.
1: Yeah. Wait, wait, that just, it just sets the tone for what this lesson is that Henniger opens it with <sighs> line yourselves up in order of confidence.
0: Yeah. In order of who's, who's my favorite student align yourself that way <laughs> um which is basically how it ends up going
1: yeah um and, and like the question that i was raised at this point is like what is alexander doing because we see Bristow sort of say "Ah, uh, oh such a one-sided lesson what a shame for alexander and i was like, that's a very good point like alexander yeah, is be alexander doing something else? somewhere yeah um, has
0: alexander's car broken down now and it's just a back and forth of that <laughs> over and over again
1: um, cause like, yeah, cause like Brustow, you know, is very blatantly one-sided in how he manages this lesson. Yes. Um, yes. and like, we start from the bottom. So like, we kind of open with the kids who aren't good at this, who have the risk of taking it too far and stuff like, mm-hmm. and, you know, all the ones who aligned with Alexander, like starting infighting in fighting. Um, yep. and, and I mean, it works by the end of the lesson. We see that, uh, the, the legendaries have, have swapped sides or at yep. least joined a side. Yep.
0: So Seems like it's going according to plan, which is well bad because I'm on Team Alexander. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a upsetting lesson as well. Like you know, teaching your teaching your students how to bind each other, which is already a disgusting word (laughs) to use (laughs) in response to another human being, right? Like it's just a
1: bad look. I I suppose to be fair, like they teach binding of others, Mm. so at least there's you know.
0: At least there's parity.
1: Well, they're they're equal opportunity fuckwits, right? Because they're, you know, they do it to people too. Great. That makes me (laughs) feel better. Yeah. If you lower lower the bar unilaterally, that's okay.
0: Yeah. As long as you're a real piece of shit to everybody, then it's fine. (laughs) I'm sure.
1: Um, Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah, we, we basically get these little bits of combat with people fighting each other. Um, uh, I guess we can focus mainly on the ones that involve our trio, right? Uh, we've got Verona versus Erasmus, and Verona wins by doing her uh, shadow clone cat ninjutsu. Um,
1: yeah, oh, and this, we is, then, this is, I think, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of a delivery on why Erasmus was in a couple of chapters ago. Because like, mm-hmm. I'm just starting so, to remember, is treating it like you don't have to read the extra materials. So Yes without that previous appearance or without those previous mentions of the Hennigers, like somebody who isn't reading the extra material would have no idea who these people are, who they are. Yeah, exactly. Um, But we
0: do. So good. Good work (laughs) while both seeding that from earlier. Um, Then we have uh, Avery versus Verona. Verona throws out some names like Pam and and, uh, Mrs. Hardy, which is a real dick move. Uh, So Avery grabs her in response and wins that
1: uh, encounter. It's such a peaceful resolution, though. It's so Avery that she wins by just physically closing her mouth, like, with her hand. Um, it's good. It's perfect. What, um, this is also... Sla-
0: snap that big shot. Yeah.
1: Mm. This moment with Verona, to me, this was... You know, like, I've talked to... And, and Nicolette has talked about, like, how uh, Verona and Alexander have their little similarities. And yep. this felt like a very Alexander moment to me from Verona. Just, like... Oh, yeah. Taking it a bit far. Um, yeah. Because she's more obsessed with the game and, and maybe losing focus a bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. I think it is a bit of I mean, this is another thing is by having the Kenneteers battling against each other, I mean, maybe this wasn't Bristow's intention, but but it, it ends up this way. With the Kenneteers battling against each other, Bristow theoretically has a bunch of like, you know, ins that he gets against them, right? A bunch of like vulnerabilities, the their names or what they would do to bind each other, which is like exactly what he would want if he's going to need to bind them in the end which we t- suspect might happen
1: yeah i mean avery and verona have had a bit of tension between them this these last few chapters with all the jeremy yeah. stuff and um yeah then the the bit of teasing verona did back last chapter so yeah i mean well, you know maybe tr- maybe people are trying to open up a, a divide there but i can't help but feel that the kennedy's will just close it through their powers of communication powers of
0: friendship yeah. yes hopefully hopefully we will see i suppose um so yes then we get avery versus liberty ted a uh, great use of goblins in this fight but avery ends up winning through a uh, judicious use of her hockey stick
1: <laughs> we actually we didn't call out uh, how she used her hockey stick in the alcazar i thought that was hilarious <laughs> that like there were all these like crazy spiritual omens in the alcazar and mm. avery just starts beating them down with her hockey stick
0: <laughs> just beating the shit out of them <laughs> classic strong move um yeah i mean avery's great the hockey stick stuff is is always top
1: right i mean yeah it is like i i, I love seeing it just use it as a as a whacking stick um yeah but uh snowdrop gets injured in this battle which i found very mm-hmm. upsetting um
0: yes i am not equipped to handle snowdrop injuries <laughs> i don't think um it
1: immediately gets wait. undone so like well yeah
0: i could breathe but Um, avery um taps out of the next fight to instead kind of take
1: care of snowdrop which is very good i mean it can't be a coincidence that it was goblins that did this right
0: Mm. Mm, yeah true I, i like that thought i hadn't thought of it but i do like it um so uh then we get avery tapping out and then uh lucy versus america ted is uh where things go next um and uh, Lucy ends up winning this one through kind of Fey duelist shenanigans, right?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, we're, we're really like we're really not doing any of these fights justice because it's it's hard to do in this format. But like, they're all so yes. cool. Um, they are all great. This one is a standout. Like Lucy, boomerang hats smoke out for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and then gets her swords and starts like throwing swords at America. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This great is like, stuff. we need a visual adaptation of Pale. Just for this. Scene. Well, these battles are so much fun. Just seeing all the tricks, the
0: the uh, the ninjutsu that they're pulling out to fight each other. It really—I've used that word a few times because it reminds me of the only good part of Naruto, which is where the kids all fight each other <laughs> in a big arena. Um, it's just so fun, <laughs> you know. Like I'm so there for that vibe.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen Naruto. The only comparison I sort of made was I think there's—it's like in one of the first Harry Potters, there is a bit where they mm. like start a dueling club and yes in the
0: second one i think yeah. yeah um just having kids fight each other and pulling out magic tricks is just a bunch of fun you know yeah i mean that sounds gross but hey it's true
1: <laughs> it's fun to watch if it's fiction. um yes yeah i mean you, you like yeah it's just so fun like all the various tricks they pull out like seeing what goblin princesses are like in action which is like you know one of them summons an army of little goblins um and then the other one starts like projectile vomiting um aggressively which you know i suppose that's a strategy (laughs) yep why not um you use what you have you know you (laughs) use the tricks at your disposal like seeing what all these flavors of practitioner look like in action is just very Mm. fun yeah Um, for sure and and seeing as well like uh i think it's 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 georgia like in the first one who you know calls in her drugstore cowgirl and that's like really expensive Mm. for her too like it, yes, we use this as another opportunity to highlight how much free power the Kenneteers have, because like Bristow brings up, he like Lucy could just summon up some of those duelist arenas as many times as she wants, really. Whereas yeah. it, we get the impression it really costs Georgia to bring in the drugstore cowgirl like that.
0: Yeah, and I I think another great reason why this is such a good move by Bristow, because he's getting like the the people who are gonna kind of expend the most are the people who are at the bottom of the, the list trying to prove themselves who's incidentally also the people who aren't really on bristow's team so get them to spend all their tricks right before the weekend where everything's going haywire right
1: yeah yeah absolutely like and he's yeah he's just starting in fights like um that first one between georgia and the youngest Grobard uh girl like you know their friendship was going to come out of that a little damaged was the impression i got um, oh, yeah, I got the same impression, which is exactly what he's after. I mean, of course, like to 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 come back to Verona a bit, like so Verona has that bit, where she probably took it a bit far against Avery with like a bit of a dick move um, yeah. and I love how this does it, like Bristow's comment after Avery trounces Verona is is Bristow's yeah. like, uh, you need to work on your defense more than your offense, and yeah. I couldn't help but notice her the real defense that she should be implementing right now is not falling for Bristow's bullshit and hurting Avery <laughs> uh. So, <sighs> he's exactly right, but not for the reasons he's saying it. Unless oh, well, yeah, Bristow, it's maybe
0: really. Yeah. I mean, he re- they they really go hard on each other, especially this bit where Rena throws out Pam and Mrs. Hardy's names yeah. is strong. Like yeah, that's like, a strong betrayal.
1: Yeah, she she needs to be defending herself against falling for exactly what Bristow wants her to do, which is yeah, for yeah, sure. waste power on shit like this. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's such a. I don't know. We haven't seen Bristow being that much of a, like, snake before. But, man, this stuff is snaky.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he he balances his apartment complex, right? Like, I imagine this is the sort yeah. of snaky shit he does as a part of that. Yeah, I guess he's kind of... He knows what two people he's, to put next yeah, to he's, each other. He's
0: used to getting people to push buttons and, and socially manipulating, I suppose.
1: Yeah. But, like, indir- he indirectly socially manipulates. He... He sets up people to do it for him. Like, you know. Yeah. The reason this is only like the second big conversation we have with him coming up is because usually he sends Ted's or Clems or Daniels to do his dirty work.
0: To do his dark bidding for him, exactly right.
1: Um I, I, I so before we move on from the jewels, I just want to pull out this one quote uh from Lucy, uh, which is where mm. Bristow orders her to withdraw her effect, uh, and then he can at least heal America. And Lucy responds, mm-hmm. And me, I'm not too badly hurt. And uh, this is, like, the first time America actually starts suffering. Like, she's, like, been enjoying feeling barbed wire on her spine.
0: God, yeah. What <laughs> is up with her? She's the <laughs> fucking weirdest. Oh, Creepy.
1: I mean, yeah, but I, I could see that. Like, that just reeks of goblin to me. Like, I guess this is just, mm. like, goblin practitioners align themselves with goblins for a reason. Because um, <laughs> I could totally see, like, Gashwad or, or uh, Buttmunch being like that yeah
0: basically having these exact interactions for sure
1: um but i just i just love that badass moment from lucy where she's just like oh yeah i'm not badly hurt and like, i think this is the moment where bristow like actually takes her away <laughs> it's just like yeah fuck like lucy's such a badass in this fight
0: yep great stuff lucy excellent work um yeah so lucy and bristow go off on a on a on a walk and talk to uh basically chit chat
1: about neutrality uh yeah and I mean, Lucy again just kicks ass and is about us for this whole conversation. Like she absolutely doesn't take any shit from Bristow, and it, uh, it was giving me life. Um, yep, she's great, isn't she? I went to pull out all of her best lines from this to read mm. out, but they ended up being so many. I've, I've cut myself down to it's just all one. best
0: lines. Okay,
1: <laughs> um, so I just wanted to really pull out this one where Bristow asks her, "What do you think neutral is?" When she sort of mm. says it's not being in the middle. Mm. Um, and she says, it's, it's not, um, well, she says, I think it's not explicitly taking a side. I think it's holding on to what we believe. I think it's fighting mm. people like Shelly who hurt Jessica as bad as the, as she did and not encouraging them. Mm. And I mean, like, this is just perfect. Like that is such a perfect summary of uh, a good position to take. Like it, it's not, yeah, you, you don't, you're I, not
0: saying that you're not going to take any action. That's not what you're doing. What you're saying is you're not, you're not going to take any shit
1: yeah it's different you know you're not just gonna mindlessly sign yourself up to a political party or otherwise and and vote for them regardless of what they do you're going to hold people accountable to what they do um yeah exactly yeah like i just i just love this as a stance
0: yeah no for sure i'm with you there um yeah it's a good one uh so i love the uh we get during this bit, the revelation that the fact that this implement ritual has happened here is kind of all part of a deal with Bristow. And I think that's pretty wild. Like the trio actually have kind of allowed Bristow to pull his shenanigans here, which is more than I expected them to do. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. There is an argument that like taking themselves out of it like this for these three days is Mm. kind of going against what Lucy just said about being neutral because they're Mm. kind of allowing both and Bristow and Bristow to, Alexander to yeah. do whatever their bullshit is. Um,
0: yeah, which I don't like. I mean, it's <laughs> fine, I guess, but it worries me that. Yeah, I don't know. It worries me that they are just kind of letting stuff happen at the sc- letting the le- letting Bristow and Alexander do whatever they want for three days, basically. Right? Yeah. And not to mention the fact that I've grown attached to Alexander, and they are <laughs> kind of betraying
1: him here. <laughs> um yeah see i don't give a shit about that part um wait wait shame on you there's there's totally part of me that is like you know you know that meme from godzilla it's like let them fight like yeah you know let them weaken each other and then the three kinetiers can swoop in and become the new headmaster become the new yeah exactly
0: (laughs) great what a perfect happy ending to this
1: story that would be (laughs) um like my prediction here is there's absolutely no way this Conflict will be over by the Monday morning. They're going to step out into a a war in progress. Is is my guess? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to to get back to your point, like I, Mm. I, I agree. Like, there's something that just feels a bit. Well, yeah, it goes against that perfect thing Lucy made, where it's just like hiding out for three days and saying, "Okay, you know, you two evil people can have three days of doing free reign to, yeah, exactly. That that's not great, but then at the same time, you know, they're going to come out of it more powerful and. There's kind of nothing they can do to stop them, so... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean,
0: yes, kind of, but still, that feels kind of dodged, doesn't it?
1: It does. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like, I don't know. I'm hesitant to lay too much judgment down until we see how things end up. Although, that's not really the point, right? We shouldn't judge actions based on the consequences. We should judge them based on Mm. what they look like when you made the decision.
0: Yeah, and the intentions of what these you know groups are trying to do which clearly is not super positive seemingly
1: yeah yeah like i i suppose the thing that comes down to for me is like does does letting this war happen without them minute it seem like a worse thing to do and i feel like the answer is yes
0: i agree which is i don't know yeah i mean
1: we'll have to see I yeah I, let's see how it does turn out i suppose yeah
0: um so of course the the great question is asked here of hey, Bristow, do you see yourself as a good person? And (laughs) of course he can't say yes to that because he's a piece of shit. So he gives a real weasel of an answer, which is, well, I don't, I'm just a man, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And like the only person who, the only people who don't think that morality exists for people, uh, people who have already kind of failed the morality test right like nobody who's genuinely good person says oh, i don't think good and bad people exist that's only something that pieces of shit would say <laughs> so i like bristo is really he's just not um he's just not doing anything to reassure us that he's not a piece of shit basically
1: yeah i mean you know it, it comes back to that thing where it's like if you're not trying to make the world a better place yeah then like what's the fucking point
0: yeah what are you doing with yourself
1: like at least if you're gonna like have shit values of what is making the world a better place at least you're trying right like that's a whole separate set of issues some value yeah yeah
0: some some values i should say yeah um yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i'm um very uh, the more we see bristow the more i'm reassured that i am correct to be anti-team bristow basically um he's just I do a piece feel
1: like team alexander will win like if you ask me to pick which side will win i think it will be you alexander yeah. yeah i agree um um so you're on the right team at least probably
0: yeah i i think it's unlikely that bristow's going to win this conflict just because i don't want him to i guess <laughs> is where i'm at um so, yeah, uh, we, we jump back to the ritual and the, uh, the, the Lucy's new implement, the earring, kind of continues to tell Lucy all of the secrets that she could and should have known uh, in the past few days. Um, and man, this is great, right? Yeah. Yeah. What a wholesome implement this
1: is. I mean, it's yeah, so it, nice. It's, it's so good. I think, yeah, it's just a beautiful moment with a beautiful message
0: yeah the earring basically weirdly i don't know why maybe it's because it's got a creepy weird hand but i was expecting it to be like maybe kind of orange blue morality or just a bit creepy and it is i guess a bit but mm. what's orange blue morality as in the idea that it basically doesn't ascribe to kind of human morality systems and stuff that it's like more other i guess is what i'm trying to say um okay but it's really wholesome like it basically <laughs> delivers her this positive message of like no lucy you're great you're smart you're awesome you should trust your gut more because you knew all this stuff i'm just here to reflect the the awesomeness of yourself back at you and i'm like oh implement you're so nice
1: yeah well it's like because it, it opens things up with like i'm here to challenge you which set a bit more of an ominous tone for me and then it's way yes. is mostly just hey you're actually more awesome than you think and i'm like okay well yeah. i mean Good I, challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, I could. Right. Yeah. I could do with some challenges like that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's great. Um
0: what a wholesome implement.
1: Well, and I love this because like Lucy's whole thing, like, and we talked about this when we were trying to guess what her implement would be, was she was constantly talking about like oh I want to enhance myself. Like I want something I want the practice to elevate me, not mm. like to attune myself to the practice. Mm. So it's so perfect that her implement sits her down and is basically like, hey. So I'm going to let you eavesdrop on stuff or whatever. But like most of it you already knew. Like basically her earrings lesson for this chapter is it's telling her I'm going to let you hear these words, but uh, you kind of knew what I can tell you anyway. You, yeah. you trust your gut. You're already there. And that's like that's so perfect to that. Like, you know, this is an item that is based on her and based on her relationship with her friends. So, of course, it's just its message is just you're actually more awesome than you give yourself your credit best. For. Um, Yeah,
0: you've surrounded yourself with awesome people, let yourself have an awesome life. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and, yeah, just just the idea that uh, an implement to enhance herself took the form of just, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to help you, but you also don't need me as much as you think, is just perfect. Mm, mm,
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, Lucy starts to attune her eavesdropping power, turning to the question of love over the conflict outside.
1: Yes, uh, and when she chooses the question of love, uh, our good old friend class ranker finally rears its ugly head again. Yes, welcome back, class uh, ranker. Which is just the perfect sort of final test because it, it, it's like a you know, do you really want all this information? <laughs> like, what's the what's the most hurtful part of information, or what's the most harmful part of information she could get? Well, it's reconfronting the time she got zero in class ranker.
2: Hmm.
0: Yep. Um. Ouch. But yeah, I mean. It's still moderately nice, moderately wholesome. We get a bit of confirmation that Lucy and Wallace could be a pretty good couple. Uh, Wallace is keen on her.
1: Well, and she explicitly says she's keen, keen back. Yes, so, yes. Um, True. yeah. I mean, I guess I look forward to that continuing when she gets home. But um, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's the this state. This manages to stay negative only for about like twenty lines, and then it immediately goes <laughs> back to like Wallace, like it's sort of like yep she she listens to to all those sort of comments and Mm -hmm. some of them are kind of negative and then it just immediately spins into the positive and i like i love that as a message it's like even this worst thing she only had to push through the pain for a couple of lines
2: Mm,
0: yeah um great stuff uh and then of course the chapter ends with uh us getting hints that something really bad is happening outside uh Lucy uses the word siege to describe what's going on out there. Maybe as a just kind of catch-all term, uh, but yeah, mm, that's rough. Uh,
1: we'll see. I mean, yeah, I can't wait. Like, I, I, I think I've spent most of this arc saying, "Yeah, any second it's going to pop off." But like, yep, this, this here chapter it is. explicitly sort of ends on it's, it's begun, um, and yep. it feels like six point eight is going to be us walking into that. Um, yeah
0: walking into a battle halfway in progress right
1: yeah yeah and i can't i can't wait um especially because i could almost see it being another lucy chapter uh just from just from like i I don't know i i I do kind of feel like this is shaping up to be a bit of a lucy arc i mean it's not as simple as like this is the lucy arc and the other two don't matter but um like lucy has sort of come to the fore thematically as as we're talking about this neutrality stuff, and I kind of want to see her mm. with her new implement uh, step out and, and, judge, you know, be the judge on everyone. Yes,
0: judge um, how, how people are, you know, what war crimes are being committed.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would especially, you know, this kind of gets me excited as well for, if I'm a little bit right, that ARC 5 focused a little bit more on Verona, and this one's felt like it's focused a little bit more on Lucy. Does that mean next ARC we're going to get some really interesting Avery stuff? Mm. All, yeah.
0: Yeah. We shall see, I suppose. Um, Yeah, Yeah,
1: I mean that's that's that because there's no extra material this week. Yeah, which I mean, you know, yeah. Spring break have been so long. (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah. I like to be perfectly honest. I was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, a little break. We don't have to. (laughs) We get to write a few less notes. Yeah,
0: (sighs) but of course we have to fill the break with something, and so we are. And so we are uh, visiting the answers to our discussion question from last week, which was, which of the big three rituals do you find the most interesting or exciting and why?
1: Yes. Uh, So what's the first answer you've pulled out, Ruben?
0: Yes. Uh, So the first answer was from Landis963, uh, who talks about how they would probably want to get a domain, but they just know that it would tend towards bad habits in the sense of they would basically just end up wanting to spend all their time inside their own domain, which I think has been called out in the text as a, 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 a concern if you have a domain, like to make sure you don't fall into that. And I know I would do the exact same thing. Like, imagine a region where you basically turn into a god. It would just be so fun being in their fucking playing the sims with your own house um (laughs) so you'd really have to be careful that you don't just
1: uh do that i guess well i I think the interesting part of that is to do all this stuff in your domain something that came up in that text was you do need something to power it like you know it 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 can be a bit of a battery but you need to be getting power to put into that battery to charge it um so if you become a bit of a shut-in i think the the problem stems from the fact that you aren't bringing power into it Mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah i don't know but, I mean, I, I agree. As somebody who did not have to change their lifestyle that much this year, uh, because I am a bit of a uh, a house hermit, um yeah, I could see that being a big big problem.
0: Yes. Um yeah. Um I, I we we got a few other answers talking about um uh, other rituals, but a a, con- a kind of common thread we got from the others was People talking about how they would personally interact with the rituals, which ended up leading to most people talking about the same kind of thing, which is, well, if I'm thinking about what ritual I would do, it's the implement ritual because I don't want to lock myself down too permanently. A meeting another that I want to get married to is crazy and would take a long time. So people all just kind of vibe with the implement ritual, I think.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because it is the most individual one like yeah. you're picking something just to have on your person it's it's the one that ties you down the least um as yes. you said but as we sort of talked about in the implement text and as we discovered when we chose our implements uh many many moons ago uh it is just an intensely personal experience that like like it is very hard like lucy and ray talked about this it's it, it it is it, that doesn't make it simple
0: mm. yeah no it doesn't um I think a lot of people have thought about what their implement would be, though, right? Uh, yeah. Like, we got a response from Napalm Eagle, who's basically like, hey, I've been thinking about this since we did the implement question for Deep Impact, so I'm ready to do my <laughs> implement ritual, basically.
1: <laughs> I, that's, that's good to hear, because, like, you know, like I'm still holding on to the same implement. I've had since we did that discussion question for Deep Impact, and I'm still not convinced yeah. that I'd commit to it. Yeah. So good on Napalm Eagle for having that self-confidence. For, for, exactly. I mean, it's basically, do you know yourself well
0: enough to, to make that commitment, I guess is the question that yeah. we're really asking, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, we got answers from Uncle Thermos Gales, who again said, wanted, would want to do all three, but the implement is probably the one. Uh, similarly, uh, Propaganda Pagoda uh Implement is the easiest to do, and it would be the easiest to find a suitable candidate, so get get into it, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, although I think propaganda pagoda also said that they think the familiar ritual is like the coolest
0: yes, they had they gave us a little tier list, so the familiar yeah. ritual was at s tier uh because I mean having an autonomous kind of sent in ally is of course very powerful, right, uh putting aside yeah. all the kind of like power stuff. An implement is just a reflection of yourself, and so you're kind of leading into an echo chamber a bit there, whereas a familiar can be can bring some interesting new ideas to you, basically, I suppose.
1: Well, I mean, conceptually, hopefully, it represents someone who will always be on your side. And, um, mm. I mean, you know, as Avery will tell you, that's a very enticing idea. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it is. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. <laughs> Getting a strong ally, it's, it's can't be uh, overstated yeah um all right so that's uh thanks f- to those of you who left uh, answers to our discussion question it's much appreciated uh if you want to discuss this episode or the show in general you can find links to our discussion thread in the show notes
1: down below uh yes we're also on apple Podcasts, stitcher wherever you're listening to this please chuck mm-hmm. us a review uh they that you know tells those services that hey people like this that enough we're to leave good. a review yeah I people like us, us. Um, yeah, and that's, you know, and then, you know, if you're growing pale through growing us, then that's a win-win. Yes, indeed it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, review us. Uh, why not check out our Twitter
0: while you're at it? You can go to at MediaMT Podcast where we do all kinds of cool tweets, all kinds of latest hot memes,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. I, there was actually a few memes in my latest live reads. Uh, nice. There are packed spoils in those. You made so. me not
0: gain said. <laughs>
1: Um, so do do only come if you if you can cope with packed spoilers. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, there's also doofmedia.com. That's the place to go for all the other shows on the Doof network. Uh that's also like the website that will have the details on the fan art contest that we just announced uh at the start yes. of the episode. So yep. go there, check it out, see what other shows you might be interested in. Yeah. Um,
0: if you appreciate the fact that we do things like fan art contests, uh, the only reason we can do that is because of our patrons. Uh, a portion of our Patreon revenue every month gets put aside to be winnings for fan art contests and things yep. like that. So um, if you want to help make sure that those things happen in the future, head to patreon.com forward slash doofmedia and become one of our patrons.
1: Yes. Uh, they've also just started a, uh, a doof the right thing quarterly yes. uh, like fan fiction. Well, it's not a fan fiction. Contest, yes. But. You can be. Uh,
0: cross fiction explicitly <laughs> i think it has to be between no. avatar and pale i think is that right um uh, no you're no, meant to
1: yeah. edit a story you've already submitted yes and, um the, you know again there's prize money for that wouldn't be possible without our patrons so check out do i the think right the thing. details for that are on yeah
0: um, on the do the right thing subreddit and the uh dofmedia.com site as well
1: yeah so check that out you know um, a, if you're nano nanowrimoing or whatever this month yep. like give it a walk
0: yep yeah um, while you're on Patreon, why not head on over to Wildbo's Patreon? You can do an Alcazar of your wallet, go inside, find a coin and leave it for him. I'm sure he would <laughs> much appreciate it. Uh, because of course he creates all these stories that we shamelessly dive into each week for
1: uh, our own content. Yep. Uh, and so with that note, mm-hmm. can I spring on you a back to Pact, Ruben? I just decided well, I don't want to do sprung. one.
3: sprung. All right. <laughs>
0: it's not in our notes so no. i'm i'm being equally sprung as you are our right now, audience members <laughs> so i guess if you don't want packed spoilers get the heck out of here otherwise let's uh dive into it what yeah. do you got for me elliot
1: He's like uh, well okay so just this was our first ever implement reachable that we've seen yes. in practice yes
0: i was thinking about this as well it's so cool <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we technically we haven't got a domain ritual before, but we saw Mags do her version of the domain ritual, well, right? We, Which was we,
1: we saw a good chunk of Johan. No, not Johan. uh Jeremy's domain ritual. Actually, wait, we did saw I... the we saw the some of the fights he had in his. Internet.
0: Right, you're right. Yes, we did. We did. True. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. Although I, I feel like we didn't. I don't know. Maybe that is the major part of the domain ritual. I, I feel like we didn't get much of the like. The ritual bit you know whereas for this we actually quite focused on for the implement stuff we focused quite on the ritual part
3: yeah oh, i guess
0: I for the familiar ritual it was a bit un un kind of defined as well it was a bit amorphous when uh blake and evan did it it was kind of low budget familiar <laughs> ritual i guess
1: yeah it was well, like i think that's the thing like you know there's probably a version of the implement ritual that's less uh precise but you know like yes. the kennedy's had access to the spray to kind of all these version. resources <laughs> yeah yeah. Um I mean what 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 jumped out to me? Do you remember that time Blake was considering making the hyena his implement? <laughs>
3: hmm?
1: and, and so, okay. First of all, <sighs> as if it's not bad enough, Blake would have to sit in a spot for 3 days. Good fucking luck. Oh yeah, with there's that. no
0: way he was ever going to do that. <laughs> for sure.
1: Even if he does, yeah.
0: then he has to interact with the hyena for 3 days like <laughs> Yeah, for sure. There's no way that
1: was going to happen. You're right. No, like I'm
0: actually surprised how sentient the implement seems in this ritual. You know?
1: I wonder how, how normal that is.
0: Yeah. It's hard to know, isn't it? Is it mm-hmm. just a difference in resources available? Is it a difference in, you know, Wildbo's thoughts about how these things should operate in the, what, five or six years between? Um, well, I mean,
1: the cool thing about that is, like, any slight changes in the way these things work... Can actually be chalked up to just like we've moved to a different part of the world, like because these things are yeah, so yeah. interpretive. Like we saw it with the with the awakening ritual, right? Like the awakening yeah. ritual is a perfect example of how fluid these rituals are. So yeah. what I love about this world is even if Wabo wants to do something different with it in a future story, he's mm. free to tweak things a bit and just chalk it up to this is how they do it over here now.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, he's left himself the space to do that, which is great. Um, yeah i really loved seeing this i I loved seeing the implement ritual it's so cool to have seen it it's awesome
1: yeah like what not to mention the
0: alcazar stuff again very cool
1: the alcazar stuff for me feels like as close as we might get to this story to the possession mechanic from pact which is like Mm. when we finish pact i think the thing i was like i wish we could have seen more of that the most was the time blake was possessing rose Yes. Like, that was something I was like, you could have written whole stories just around the possession mechanic and I'd read them.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess you're right that we kind of had what is the inside of Rose's head look like from Blake's perspective. Um, And that's kind of what the Alcazar stuff has been touching on, I guess. A a kind of physical space as a representation of a metaphysical
1: concept. It's similar ish. Um, Yeah. Again, I'm just so desperate for more of that mechanic that I'm willing to twist something like the Alcazar uh, into hey this kind of counts um yeah yeah i mean like i'm curious you know to to go back to like the implement ritual like what what alistair's deck of cards might have been like and how it would have challenged him you know like it's it's so fun to go back to old practitioners who had implements and think about like you know yeah what did maggie have to go through with her her
0: like because it's so much more involved than i guess i would have assumed it was like you're not just picking an item and doing some magic words. And then suddenly that item has additional power for you. You're like yeah. actually bringing it into yourself and having it challenge you. Right. It's such the right way to frame it. Like it just adds such an extra level of depth that I guess I just wasn't expecting.
1: You know? Yeah. Like would Alistair's implement have challenged him on how cocky he was? Like, cause it would yeah, have had to do like- the opposite of Lucy, right? It would have had to be like, bro, calm down. You're, you, yeah you're the really worst <laughs>
0: <laughs> or would it have like refined his you know been like hey like these are the things that you're actually really good at you actually are good at like predicting people and so here's how we can tap into that kind of yeah. vibe um, yeah true yeah I don't know I don't know would have been awesome I'm sure
1: yeah fun to think about anyway so yeah, yeah. not just a quick back to pack yep. but I just had this thought I a quick really trip Backed.
0: yeah cool thanks for doing it um, alright I guess that's the end of the episode